0: Another Lonely Tuesday. My name is Still Darien, and I am here to bring you another week of horror nonsense, news, rumors, listener mail, horror guys fighting each other, maybe a movie or two. I don't know which way I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing this week, but I'm doing it, and I'm doing it by myself again. Apologies for that. I think they've abandoned me at this point. I think they've given up. <laughs> That's alright, I get it. I'd probably give up too. <clears throat> God knows I've been tempted. But I'm just too goddamn stubborn to do it. And uh, I don't i don't like pissing people off. So it's like a character flaw, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. I don't know. Uh, I'm still here. I've got a horror show to get into. How's your October going, inmates? Mine is busy. Mine is really, really busy. And uh, I got lots of parties to go to, lots of movies to watch, all kinds of shit going on. Uh, I tell you what, my friends... Last week, you may recall, I talked about the Paranormal Reserve Vodka. If you forgot, or if you did, if you missed last week's show, uh, basically there's a company out of New York that made a special batch of vodka, and, I, I don't know, apparently after you distill it, you have to let it set somewhere, and kind of, I don't know, age, is what is what they said. I don't know what that means. I think you just got to let it sit there for a while. And uh, they made a big batch of this vodka, um, like 12 bottles were sent to the Trans-Allegheny uh, Lunatic Asylum in Pittsburgh, 12 bottles were sent to the Conjuring House, and 12 bottles were sent to the uh, Basilica Axe Murder House, which is pretty sweet. Now, I had every intention of buying two bottles, and uh, I was going to take one to the famous Jason Harrell Halloween party that I go to every year, and I was going to keep one for myself. By the time I got logged on, There was like four bottles left. They had already completely sold out. And I logged on at like 6 o'clock in the morning, right when I got to work. So those motherfuckers went fast. I did manage to secure one bottle. Unfortunately, I really wanted one from the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum for obvious reasons. But uh, those were the first to go. Those were gone probably before I even got out of the shower. Uh, I did manage to get one from the Basilica Axe Murder House, though. So at least I got that for me. I'm going to take that one to the party. Um, I don't know. Uh, nothing yet. It's, it, it showed up here yesterday. Uh, I opened it. I took the bottle out. It came with a pair of, like, fun silk gloves, which I guess are supposed to protect me from the evil or something. I don't know. I for, I didn't see them until after I already took the bottle out. And uh, I don't know. Nothing yet. I got a weird leg cramp last night. It woke me up. <laughs> I think that's just getting old though. I wouldn't call it a paranormal leg cramp. I would call it a holy shit that really hurts leg cramp. Um, it it come, came with like a, a special pair of gloves, a very ornate box. I just posted pictures of it on the padded room page if anybody wants to check it out. Uh, not a lot of vodka. It's a very small bottle though and I don't know that it's worth the 140 bucks uh, that I paid for it, but the box is really nice, so I'll definitely keep the box around, probably put my change in it or something, I don't know, anyway, I will keep you posted on the uh, Basilica Axe Murder Vodka, and just how drunk I can get on it, and whether or not I decide to start swinging an axe around, I've I've been known to start swinging an axe around getting drunk on beer, though, from the local uh, Rainbow Market, <clears throat> so... I don't know. That's probably not a paranormal thing. It's just me being stupid. All right, anyway, enough about me and my drunken antics. Uh, let's get into the regular show here, shall we? Inmates, I got horror news. I got listener mail. I got all kinds of fun shit to talk to you about. I'm gonna. Do, I'm doing Beetlejuice this week. Are you ready for that? Uh, are you ready for... We're going to have to do it eventually. And if there's one thing I like to do during the Halloween season, it's get my kids involved. You know what I mean? And, you know, it doesn't have to be all Jason Voorhees. And uh, Leatherface, we could have fun with Halloween. Why not? Why not do like a like a Dark Shadows with the Johnny Depp or what? What we do in the shadows, you know? Have fun with it. God damn it, doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. All right, let's do some. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Horror news? Should we do some horror news? Why not? Let's get in there with some horror news. <laughs> Horror news. Yes, sir, ma'am. Yes, sir, or, or ma'am. Whoever's listening out there. Dude, are you guys ready for a Netflix produced, Mike Flanagan directed series, Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe? Now, This sounds like we're going right back into the haunted of, or haunting of territory, which we very well might. And uh, I'm down with that. I've seen Fall of the House of Usher, uh, the Vincent Price adaptation. It's okay. That's the one where he had platinum blonde hair, and he couldn't uh, tolerate bright lights or loud noises. It basically amounts to him burying his sister alive. There's also a uh, shitty... Pseudo remake, reimagining from, I think, 1996. But it's basically just a bunch of emo kids moping around an old house. So I tried to watch that one. I can't get into it. It's just too goddamn depressing. I'm excited for this. I think this will be a good show. Um, I'm going to have to revisit the Edgar Allan Poe work, though. I've never read Follow the House of uh, of Usher. I assume it has something to do with people being buried alive, yeah? I don't know. I'm going to get caught up. I'll probably rewatch watch uh, the Vincent Price one. I'm going to skip the emo one, because who needs that? Uh, the Australian shark movie that we've all been uh, looking forward to, Great White. Heard good things about it. It's going to hit Shutter next month. That's uh, November. Um, I can do a shark movie, I don't know, maybe once every three months. The problem, and I've said this before, I don't want to beat a dead shark here, but uh, the problem is that Every year when Shark Week re- rolls around, we get inundated with shark stuff. And the local flavor of shark stuff is ridiculous shit. Santa Jaws, Sharknado, Three-Headed Shark, Shark to, what was it, Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's pretty goddamn silly. I keep sneezing. I keep pausing the recording before I do, and it's fucking me up here. I'm sorry. Uh, what else we got here? Steven Kostansky is working on a sequel to psycho Gorman. i'm pumped for that uh here's what you need you got to do it fast number one number two you got to get that little girl back she made the entire movie and don't you dare think about replacing her with another actress because that shit just isn't going to work it never does so if that i see i think that's what the problem is going to be with stranger things is that those actors have all they're all aging out of their roles at this point you know what i mean So you can't keep making, you know, these fun stories in the 80s when the actors are now like in their early 20s and they were, you know, 14, 15 when they started. We should be in the mid 90s with Stranger Things by now. I don't know what we're doing with Stranger Things, by the way. Um, What else we got here? The third and final season of Netflix's Lost in Space will drop in December. I am not watching Lost in Space. I know some of you are, though. It's okay. There's no reason, no reason to be ashamed of that. Um, I don't know, man. I never started it. I'm, I'm not a big sci-fi guy, you know. If it was more horror oriented, I would be all over it. If it was like goddamn uh, Cthulhu in space or some shit like that, uh, space They're like xenomorphs. If they ran into xenomorphs out there, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, just uh, a family lost and literally lost in space that's that's not my jam dude it, I watched the original season uh, series not the one with uh, Gary Oldman I thought that one was pretty good but that was a movie um I don't know man I'm just not into it I guess I'm not a, I'm not a sci-fi guy sorry uh lastly Rob zombie has shared images of Herman Lily and Grandpa Munster played by uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips sherry moon zombie of course and Daniel Roebuck I believe uh they look exactly like they did on the the original show. Um a lot of people not liking Sherry Moon zombie as Lily Monster. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh I I guess uh I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. They look exactly the same as, you know, they look like uh people in 2021 cosplaying as the monsters. So, I don't know what what else you want, really. I, I, really, I think we've already made up our minds that we hate Rob Zombie collectively. And thus, whatever he does, we're going to take a big fat shit on. Now, I'm all for prejudice, but come on, man. It's not... It, uh, what 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 is your problem with Rob Zombie? You didn't... You're mad because he put Sherry Moon Zombie in all of his movies? Mike Flanagan does the exact same thing, motherfucker. And nobody says a word. I think the only difference is that, that a lot of people haven't caught on that Kate Siegel is Mike Flanagan's wife. And she doesn't have the same last name, so it's not as obvious. <laughs> I would say, well, I'm not going to get into it, but goddammit, I'm a Rob Zombie guy. And uh, I liked 31. I liked Lords of Salem. I know nobody else did. Um, I liked uh, Three from Hell. I understand that it's not a horror movie, and that's okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the monsters. I was always an Adams Family guy, but I'm willing to check this out, so shove that up your ass (laughs) i don't don't know what to say (laughs) other than calm the hell down all right there 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 you have it uh that's all i got on the horror news kids you guys ready for some listener mail let's get it on with some listener mail hopefully i'll stop sneezing because if i keep sneezing then i'm gonna have to pause this recording 34 times and i'm gonna be doing this right up until i have to go to work tomorrow morning and that's gonna suck for me Listener mail. Sha. Let's see what we got here, kids. We got some listener mail. We got some emails. We got some voicemails. Let's kick things off with a little of the old uh, email. Going right to London, England. Here comes the horror slut herself. Cats in the house. Subject line. What's up, sexy? Hey, hey, guys. What's happening with you? You're looking good, I see. Uh, are you watching me right now, Cat? Because it's okay if you are. I would just like to know, you know which, from which angle so that I can arrange the lighting in a better, you know, like a more flattering situation. Let's jump into the TerraDome. And Darian, dude, you keep saying that you're not much of a writer, but I think you should finally quit saying that because last week's story of Candyman versus Kayako was fucking awesome. Well, thank you very much, Cat. A lot of times you create a story that makes me wish they made it into a film. Well done, young chap. You know, I would love to do that. Um, I would fuck it up big time. Though, really, it's all I'm doing is just uh, kind of finding some common ground between these two characters and building on that. But thank you very much for saying so, Kat. I get very self conscious about the Teradome things, and uh, I don't know. I, 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 whatever. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it, though. Okay, so you made some really good points regarding, regarding Kaiko, and I think you're right. Candyman can get hurt. He felt the fire in the first film, so I think Kaiko's powers would also work on him. I'm taking Kaiko. I agree with you, Kat. <clears throat> you keep mentioning films to show your kids to. Show, my, show to my kids, I think she meant. Have you showed them The Gate from 1987? It's more of a children film than anything, but it does have some creepy scenes in it. Anyway, food for thought. I fucking love you guys and hope you have the best week ever. Much love, Kat. I love you too, Cat. Thanks for writing in, babe. Um. Oh shit! That was not cat. <laughs> that was Tim. <laughs> God damn it! Sorry, Tim. That was actually Tim. That was Tim. All right, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, Tim. Um, that was from Tim from Horror for Dummies, and his email address is horror for dummies, and Cat's email address is horror slut, and uh, uh, um, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> cat is right on top of tim in my inbox so there you have it uh sorry tim i'm a fucking idiot god all right yeah so that was tim from horror for dummies uh, t- uh horror for dummies of course our sister podcast here in the padded room network thank you very much tim i'm glad you uh enjoy the uh uh Dome. I, I i'm just very self-conscious and it's a different thing dude let me tell you like, if I were to do some kind of, like, a uh, fiction podcast where I wrote something, well, I mean, like, a real fiction podcast that I actually put effort into uh, every week, I would probably go crazy picking my myself apart with it. Because, like, me getting on the microphone and blathering on about horror films for an hour every week is nothing. Actually having to create something uh, and put, like, your own thought process and creative juices into it, and then putting it out there for people to hear and possibly criticize, that's a whole other animal, my friend. And that takes that's something that kind of vexes me a little bit. But I'm glad you're enjoying it, Tim. uh, Thank you very much for your kind words, sir. Uh, Now, let's get to the horror slut. Sorry, Tim, you are a horror slut also, but this is the horror slut. Uh, From London, England, here comes cat. Subject line, traveling fun evening gent and possibly others i do hope scheduling got figured out and you have some company i did enjoy your guest hosts and think it's great getting the little one started young into horror really quick tonight as i'm back on double rotation at work i agree with kayako over Candyman, much for the same reasons you gave so she gets my vote glad to hear you had a great trip and enjoyable time have a wonderful night and i'll get to listen when i finish shift tonight cat right on cat thank you for listening and your terra dom vote i'm glad you enjoy the show uh, let's get over back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the Cowboy. No subject line. Evening, padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. And that scheduling got figured out. Um, well, yes, it did. Unfortunately, it didn't matter because still nobody showed up tonight. <laughs> it's fine, Cowboy. I can do this by myself. Uh, Teradome, I'm voting Kaiko. as much as I like Candyman. I think Kaiko would be harder to kill. We're looking at a blowout here, inmates. No clue on educate. Um, Who was I? Let me just make sure that I didn't fuck myself on the education. Okay, yeah, you're going to kick yourself when you figure that out. Uh, Didn't get to watch much this week, but caught Night Books with the Kids. Fun movie, and I got a great laugh when a jump scare got them really good. But not a scary movie at all, and a good one to watch with the kids. Darian, you assume that I'm making the Freddy glove fully functional. I'm actually making two, one for costume purpose and the other would be functional. (laughs) But compared to the other various weapons I collect, I'm not worried about it. I am thinking about a horror crossover with a mask I picked up, Jason and Pinhead, just for fun. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. That sounds like a good time. Uh, Don't hurt yourself, though. Uh looks like we got an email here. It's from Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey yo padded room, what's up? What's oh, Alan? <coughs> God damn it. It's the M sixty of people calling to your podcast. Hey. Hope everybody's doing good. Uh I'm good. Looks like you had a blast on your trip. I did. Anyway, uh Gimme Candyman Teradome. You got it. And Darian, you are lovely, Molly. God damn it, he Thanks. got me. Uh, but, dude, I don't know. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Alan. I wonder why you came up as uh, Tom Hardy on my phone. My phone is jacked off lately, guys, uh, and I'm not feeling very well either. So, there's, so there's that. I've been uh, my allergies, dude, and I've uh, the last couple of days I've completely forgotten to take my pill. That's probably why I sound a little nasally. Uh, Alan, you're right. I am lovely, Molly. Yeah, I did have fun on my trip. Um, there you have it, man. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, let's get down to business. I got a movie to talk about, man. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for Beetlejuice from 1988? I only waited, uh, what, 23 years, 43, 30, About 30 years, give or take, to, to do it. Let's get it on. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Adam and Barbara are ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah, you don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Ah! Now, the party's over. You put somebody out of the house, I wanna get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, for your friend, fun party. Not bad. Yeah, this is amazing. Want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come, baby. He's guaranteed to put some life. Attention, keyboard shoppers. In your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. And the ghost with the ghost Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice from 1988 came in at 7.5 stars on IMDb. Written and directed by Tim Burton. This one's rated PG, boys. Stars Alec Baldwin, Michael Keaton, and of course, Gina Davis. I never found Gina Davis that attractive. Uh, granted, she's, you know, a bit uh, out of my, le- well, you know, I was very young. When she was at the peak of her career. I don't know what she's doing lately. I heard she doesn't look anything like herself anymore. Like she had a bunch of surgery or something. I don't know. Maybe she looks more like Beetlejuice. (laughs) I don't know, man. Um, This is a classic. This is a Halloween classic. I tried to get my kids to watch this with me. But my son refused to do his homework. So that was a whole thing. Possibly tomorrow night I can get... I tried to get him to watch Neon uh, Maniacs too. And they just, uh, it's not even scary, you clowns, it, it nothing scary has happened yet in the movie, and you're already freaking out, stop it, uh, you make a good point about the gate though, Tim, maybe I'll come back to that one, um, this one, it was kind of a uh, launch pad for Tim Burton, so it's got that Tim Burton vibe, that angsty, gothy kind of, um, Vibe. I don't know what else to call it, but it's just when you're watching a Tim Burton movie, you know that you're watching a Tim Burton movie because everything looks like it was out of a Cure music video, right? It's fine. It's good. I like it, man. Um, I just wish he would do like horror movies instead of these wacky family dramas with dark undertones. Um, this was a good one. Uh, I ne- I'll be honest with you. I never got into uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I own the Corpse Bride. It's on one of these shelves somewhere. Uh, what else you got? The Batman, Batman Returns. Those were great. Obviously, Tim Burton movies. Um, Edward, uh, yeah, Edward Scissorhands uh, was uh, Sweeney Todd. Was that a? Yeah, I think that was a Tim Burton movie musical, though. So there's that. All right. Anyway, enough about that. Um, <clears throat> so our 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 movie starts. In the town of uh, Winter River, Connecticut, which is a small town, Uh, very picturesque, looks like it belongs on a postcard, probably is on a postcard. I don't know if that's an actual place. I don't really care either, to be honest with you, but it's a very small town. In the town, you have the town hardware store called Maitland's, and it's owned by a very um, well-to-do couple. We have Adam and Barbara Maitland, played by uh, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Very, very good. Very much in love. Uh, they're on the cut. Co- they just started their vacation. Now they decided that they're not going to do anything on their vacation. They're just going to hang around the house. I get that, but when you live in a town like this, and you, I, I don't understand it really. I get, the, I get the wanting to do the staycation, but there's nothing to do in this town. So wouldn't you want to go somewhere where there's something to do? But they just want to hang out in their house and fix things up. Now, they have a very picturesque house. Because this is a very picturesque life and world that we've created here. Uh, Adam's main gig is building a miniature like uh, table mock-up of the entire town, which is very cool. I would use something like that for Warhammer 40,000. Or maybe a model train set or something like that. He's just doing it to have it uh complete with like stars in the sky that hang from the ceiling is very cool um barbara i guess uh, i don't know what she does and i don't know what they need a vacation from they literally live down the street from the store that they own so at some i would just get bored and go go to work just because i don't have anything else to do that i don't know that's just me anyway they're very much in love we get a couple minutes of them fawning all over each other which is great um that where i think barbara's cousin i think is a local real estate agent and they keep getting offers on the house and at one point a lady she comes over and she's like oh you guys need to have a family because this house is too big and they get all sad because apparently they can't have kids and uh she said that she got an offer on the house for two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars from a guy from new york and apparently that was pretty big money in 1988. I have no idea. Um, anyway, they turned it down. They're like, no, we're not moving. We love this house. We're fixing it up. It's great. It's a big Amityville-looking house. You know what I'm saying? It's got like the tower attic. Uh, it looks like a Tim Burton house. You know, it's very creepy. Yeah, you know, I was walking past old creepy house, and I said to myself, this house is very old and very creepy. <laughs> I I I probably should take some cold medicine. Anyway, um, they Adam is like, hey, we got to run down to the hardware store. I got some paints because I've got to keep building my my little miniature model here. She's like, okay, let's go. So they get in their Volvo and they go taking off down the the uh, hardware store. They have to go across a tunnel bridge, which is very good. Another thing you only find in small towns on the East Coast uh, to get to the town. They get there, they get their paints. They're coming back. They swerve to hit a dog and apparently skid out and lose control of the vehicle in the tunnel bridge and apparently go through it and into the river. Cut to them walking into their house sopping wet. Uh, They very quickly come to the realization that they actually died there on the tunnel bridge. And they know that because they found uh, mysteriously placed in their home a handbook for the recently deceased which apparently is a very difficult book to read because they're going to struggle with it mightily throughout the movie um oh shit we're dead uh, i think we're dead well, well just because we're dead doesn't mean we have to stay here so they try to leave the house and whenever they try to leave the perimeter of the house they end up on this weird desert dimension with giant sandworms that look like goth girl socks uh popping in and out of the sand and apparently it leaves some whenever you go there it leaves some kind of a mark on the back of your ear because that's going to come into play later um and there's like a time distortion too because adam's like fuck this i'm out of here he walks ends up getting chased around by sandworms for a few minutes and then uh barbara pulls him back and she's like you were gone for two hours he's like i was gone for three minutes i got damn near got eaten by a giant worm she's like no you crazy clown and then she shows him the book and they try to read the book and they can't make any sense out of it uh the next day well because time gets distorted here uh the next thing they see is the sun is up they can't leave the house uh the real estate agent slash cousin rolls up wearing like prison or not prison (laughs) funeral garb and she like stares up at the window and they're like hey we're up here hey jan up here she can't see or hear them because they're ghosts right okay uh so cut to like a little while later they're like oh this is this is crazy fucking jan sold the house probably got a nice commission to some guy from new york now we're gonna meet the deetses the deetses are a well-to-do family from new york we have charles deets we have delia deets and we have lydia deets and then we have this weird dude that is just kind of a hanger on of the Dietz, a guy by the name of otho who in my opinion is the high point of this whole movie Love me some Otho. (laughs) I know you've seen this movie, motherfuckers, and I know that you like Otho too. You don't have to admit it to me, but you know that I know that I know that you know that we're all on Team Otho. Maybe we have like a secret Otho team handshake or something. Uh, Anyway, they come in. um, Charles is like, oh, God, this place is great. Oh, so, the fresh, clean country air. I can. It's already more peaceful and more quiet, which is just what the doctor ordered. I'm going to love living here. This is great. And um, Lydia, played by Winona Ryder, is the typical Tim Burton character. Uh, she is just in head-to-toe goth garb with the black veil and the bizarre haircut with, like, these weird faux bangs. I don't remember those being a thing in the 80s. I was around in the 80s so I don't remember that at all, Um, fingerless gloves, you know, you you know what I'm talking about, she looks like she just walked out of a uh, very depressing uh, children's book, I guess, and then we have Delia Dietz, played by Catherine O'Hara, I like Catherine O'Hara, sketch comedian, for the most part, did a lot of improv work, she was made famous, sort of, on a show called Second City, in which was very it was Saturday, kind of like Saturday Night Live, but it it was a launch pad for a lot of Canadian uh, comedic actors. John Candy started there, uh, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, um, um, some other uh, big names. But uh, she was part of that troupe, and she kind of grew with them. Um, I don't remember her being this hot but she's actually pretty hot in this movie she's uh very well endowed and she wears like a lot of low-cut black things uh she's an obnoxious artist uh Delia Dietz is and she's like oh my god we have to remodel everything I'm gonna knock this wall down and knock that wall down and we're gonna put up a thing here and a thing there okay great uh upstairs the ghosts of the Maitlands are like oh fuck this shit we put a lot of time and effort into this house and money, motherfuckers. And you're not going to come in here and wreck the shit just because you can. And here comes Otho through a window. I don't know who played Otho. I'm going to look it up right now. But he's a big fat guy, <laughs> and uh, I think he was supposed to be like an interior designer. I don't know what his actual job was, but he's just like a hanger-on. And I think I'm. Um, I could be wrong, but I think he actually moves in with the Deets. Otho was played by a dude named um uh, do, 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 do. Glenn Shaddix, who was he I, I remember he was also in demolition man uh nightmare before Christmas heathers he was i don't remember him in Heather's planet of the Apes two thousand one um oh he died in two thousand ten god damn it glenn he was only fifty eight he was a young man i hope uh I don't know. I hope it wasn't like a violent car crash or anything. But he played a very flamboyant character by the name of Otho. Um, Yeah, he's just like always hanging around. So the the Maitlands are like, "Fuck this shit. We're gonna. We're hey, we're ghosts, dude. We can haunt this fucking piece and scare the piss out of these New York uh, city slickers. Get them the fuck out of here." Um, Naturally, they're not as vulgar with it as I am, but that's the general vibe. So they try to do like some scary shit like uh they open one of the closets and Barbara's in there hanging like from a noose like she committed suicide and then she rips her own face off they can't see her is the problem. Oh god. And then uh they go into another room and Barbara has uh beheaded Adam and she's like standing there with a bloody knife and his lifeless corpse is on the ground. They can't see him, though. So this is very frustrating. They're doing all this cool, scary shit, and they can't see any of it. So shit. So, oh, God, now they're, okay, well, we now we need some help. So they start flipping through the pages of the uh, uh, handbook for the recently deceased. While they're doing that, one of their TVs in the, in the attic, like springs to life, and a ad- advertisement pops up for a guy named Beetlejuice, and he's like, hey, you having problems with the living? I'll come in there and scare the piss out of them. I'll do an exorcism, and I'll get them out of here and bring on the kids down here. I got uh, snakes and lizards for them to play with. <laughs> that is a terrible Beetlejuice impression. I understand that. I don't need you to write in to tell me how bad my Beetlejuice impression was. Um, they're like, oh, well, why don't we call that guy? They're like, oh, well, that guy looks a little shady. Let's let's just see if we can find something in the uh, handbook here. Uh, so apparently on the back page of the handbook, it says, if you absolutely need help, draw a door on a wall. So they do that, and then they draw a knob. And she's like, okay, genius, now what? <laughs> All you've succeeded in doing is defacing our wall here. And then he's like, oh, wait, we got to knock three times. So they knock three times on the drawing of a door, and when you know the fucking thing opens, and they go walking in, and they basically walk into the bureaucracy of the afterlife. Um, there's like a It's like a. It looks like a corporate office. And I really hope that we don't go to corporate jobs when we die, because that feels like even worse than than anything life could throw at us. Sitting in cubic. Dead guys sitting in cubicles all day. Forget it. Uh, they keep walking around. Eventually, they find a waiting room. So they're like, hey. hey, hey, hey. Uh, Anybody here help us? Now, a couple of problems, and these aren't problems. And I don't mean to nitpick this, but everybody that they encounter, like in this weird afterlife waiting room area, um, is what they're 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 ghosts, right? So there's like a uh, guy that caught on fire, and he's like a shriveled up black skeleton, and he's smoking cigarettes, which is probably not a good idea. Uh, There's like a big game hunter who was killed and he had his head shrunken. So he's got like a silly little head on him. Uh, So basically everybody, with the exception of the Maitlands, um, looks dead. And for that purpose also shows some signage of how they died. So if that's the case and the Maitlands drowned, which I'm assuming they did, uh, they should have, well, first off, they should have like scarring from the car accident. And then they should be all bloated bags of pus right now i'm not one to nitpick here inmates but uh gina davis and alec baldwin don't have a they don't look dead they don't they're not even pale or anything you know all the other ghosts which apparently have also recently uh died are fucked up except for these two these two look like they just jumped off the cover of a magazine all right i'm sorry i realize this is not a serious movie um so they get in line. They have to wait in the waiting room for quite a while. Eventually, they get called. And apparently, there's an undead caseworker that you're assigned when you die. And it's a very old lady named Juno for the for the Maitlands. So they go and they have, have themselves a, a meeting with Juno. And she's like, oh, God, you guys are ridiculous. So I heard you ripped your face off right in front of them. You're, you're ridiculous. And they're like, yeah, well, we need some help here, boss lady. We're trying to get these pretentious New York fucks out of our house and uh, how do we go about doing it? And she's like, you got to work, you got to work up to it. You got to like hone your craft as a ghost. You got to work on moving shit around. You got to practice, man. You can't, you, you've only been dead like uh, a little while. You got to really, you know, evolve into a, pol- a poltergeist, I guess, or something like that. Uh, okay, okay, we're going to go back. We're going to keep working on it. We're going to figure something out. Uh, as they're leaving, Barbara's like, oh, hey, uh, we saw an advertisement for this Beetlejuice guy and she's like I did it. don't say his name don't say his name do not deal with that guy he's shady he used to be my assistant but then he wanted to go freelance and uh yeah don't even he's he's shady as shit and he's a bit of a scumbag and a pervert so just don't even don't even think about doing that They're Like, okay all right all right so uh they go back to the land of the living and once they get in like out of there they immediately go back to their house but now The whole shit has been completely remodeled. It's very um, late 80s Soho with like all the gloomy, dark shit in the backlighting. And again, this is Tim Burton we're talking about. So uh, uh, Delia has moved all of her ridiculous fucking sculptures in and she have like a sculpture viewing area or something right off the living room. Uh, They're like, what the fuck happened here? And then Juno pops up again. She's like, oh, you were in my waiting room for three months. So three months has gone by since you came to see me. And uh, this is what the Dietzes did with the place. I hope you like it. And they're like, ah, no, no, not really. Like, okay, well, you scare them and get them the hell out of here, okay? All right. That's the plan. So all this time, the attic to the house has been locked. And the Dietzes have not been able to get in there. So they've had the Maitlands have had like the attic all to themselves. That's like their personal space and nobody's been able to open the attic door. So that's great. Um, They go back up to the attic and they're like, "Okay, we got to figure something out, dudes. We got to get rid of these fuck bags. Uh, We're going to do it somehow. I don't know. So they decide that they're going to use sheets. They're going to cover themselves like old school Charlie Brown Halloween costume. The sheet with two eye holes cut out. Okay, great. Here we go. Uh, they get up. They get out. They're, you know, ghosting around. They're like, ooh, ooh. they try to scare Delia, but Delia apparently uh, is a bit of a pillhead. So when she uh, takes her pills, she just racks the fuck out. And uh, they go in there and they're like, we're a ghost. ooh and she is just fucking blasted off so she is completely incoherent to all of that uh as they're leaving delia's room out pops lydia with her polaroid camera and she starts snapping pictures of them thinking that they are her parents doing some kind of a weird sex thing so she's like oh god you guys are perverts uh it's a polaroid camera as she picks up one of the uh pictures that has been developed she realizes that there's no feet under the sheets so she's like hey you guys really are ghosts are you the ones making all the noise in the attic and they're like uh we're ghosts she's like stop that shit it's ridiculous by the way my mom's gonna be pissed off when she realizes you cut holes in her designer sheets uh so she's like you guys are really ghosts though so they pull the sheet back and that's when they realize that Lydia Dietz can actually see them which is pretty silly she's like hey how do you see us when uh nobody else can uh the handbook for the recently deceased said that uh you know uh people normally ignore the strange and unusual and she's like I myself am strange and unusual hmm so from there, begins like a budding relationship between the Maitlands and Lydia Dietz, which is great because Lydia is a depressed teenager, and uh, as we'll see, she's on the verge of becoming suicidal, and uh, the Maitlands are just kind of like these friendly ghosts who really just don't want to have to deal with these fucking New York asswipes anymore in their house. Totally understandable, by the way, except if I'm the ghost haunting that house, I'm going to see Delia Dietz naked. And I'm going to, once I, once I've accomplished that, then I'll work on scaring them out of there. Cause that's something I'm interested in. Kathy, Catherine O'Hara was pretty hot. Uh, you probably don't remember her, but if you rewatch this one, I thought, I thought she was hot. this. So that's just me. Okay. So from there, they're like, ah, shit, we got to get rid of these fuckers and we got to do it quick. Um, we're going to, we're going to have to go to, uh, uh, Beetlejuice. So they they go back up there, and now Beetlejuice has set up camp like on the uh, miniature version of the town. He's like camped out there in the graveyard, and he's eating flies too, which is pretty gross. Uh, they see his tombstone, and he's got like a big uh, neon sign outside that says Beetlejuice here. Say his name three times, Beetlejuice. So they say his name three times, which morphs them into the miniature into the town miniature with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice pops out and he's like, hey, what do we got to do to make a deal? You want got a living? I'm going to get rid of the living. You got to say my name three more times. Get me out of here. And then I'm going to get him out of here and I'm going to possess him. And I'm gonna... But he keeps like trying to make out with Barbara like a filthy pig that he is. <laughs> and uh, hygiene, not so good, but he is dead. So there's that. Um eventually they get kind of skeeved out for them so apparently to get out of the miniature you just have to say home three times so if that's the case and we're applying that logic they could really do whatever they want just by saying three they could be like alive 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 and then come back to life is that a thing i don't know you know there's a lot of weird rules here mr burton and i know that i'm Thinking way too much about this, I apologize. I'm just, I'm just saying that this is, this is weird. So, uh, they get out of the miniature, but he's still stuck in the miniature. So he's just like a tiny little doll guy running around, and he's like, "Hey, where'd you go? Hey, come back here. I'm gonna make you a deal." Blah, blah 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 blah. They're like, ah, "I don't know about you, there, hot dog. You're a bit of a weirdo." So, like, okay, okay, we're gonna get rid of these these fucking people. So they start planning this elaborate scare. Uh, situation that they're going to put on the Dietzes, and it's going to scare them right the fuck out of there. So, uh, they're having a big dinner party with uh, Delia Dietz's, uh talent agent, art agent, whatever that individual is, played by Dick Cavett. Remember him? You probably don't. Um, I don't remember Dick Cavett. I, as far as I, I know, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 for like a second and a half, but from what I understand, he's the one that ran the late show before Johnny Carson took over. Uh, he's the one that Johnny Carson took the late show over from now. Uh, I don't remember seeing him on the late show. I remember seeing Johnny Carson on the late show and then he eventually turned it over to Jay Leno and then Jay Leno kicked it over to Conan O'Brien then took it back from Conan O'Brien, which was kind of a dick move. And, uh, I don't know. Is he still doing it, or is it some other guy? Is it Jimmy Fallon now? In it or no? Jimmy Fallon took over for David Letterman. I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, he's in the movie. He's got like three lines. Dick Cavett does. And uh, so here, here, here comes the big party, and it's full of passive aggressive bullshit and a lot of uh, artsy fartsy talk. And Otho is there, of course. And uh, eventually, somehow they get on the the conversation of ghosts in the house. And Lydia's is like, "I know where some ghosts are." And they're like, uh, "Oh, that's that's hilarious." No, Lydia, tell us more about your ghosts. Uh, this house is haunted, by the way. <laughs> oh, she's so funny. <laughs> Let's talk about my art some more. And this is where um, they they come in with their big scare. They're gonna they're gonna scare everybody here. Uh, what they do is possess everybody at the dinner table and make them do a uh, little lip sync situation, like a choreographed lip-sync uh, thing to um, that Harry Belafonte song. What is it? Tally Me Banana, uh, something like that. So, okay. Uh, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it's kind of off-putting if you're being possessed and forced to sing and dance in this fashion. But is it really scary or threatening? Is it going to make you want to leave the house? Not really. Uh, honestly, I'd probably want to do it again. I'd want these ghosts to come down for parties and stuff. And funny that... That's exactly what happens. Anyway, they possess them. They make them sing uh, Tally Me Banana by Harry Belafonte. Um, At the end, they possess everybody's shrimp cocktail and uh, reach up from the platters and grab their faces and throw them back uh, into their chairs. So they go running upstairs. The Maitlands do. And they're like, any minute, they're going to go running in fear for their lives Uh, because of the music video we just made made them do any minute now and then there's a knock at the attic door and lydia's there and she's like hey guys um they really enjoyed the show they'd like you to come down and say hi because that was great and they're like fuck can't we do anything right can we not do one thing right since we've been dead the correct answer is no, you cannot. <laughs> so um, they're like, no, we're not going down there to meet them. Now we're just embarrassed. So Lydia goes back downstairs. She's like, no, they don't want to come down. They're afraid you're going to make fun of them. They were trying to scare you, and it didn't work, and now they're all depressed and pissed off. So Beetlejuice, who's now a te- teeny tiny little baby juice in the mini- uh, Be- Beetlejuice in the miniature, saw all that, and he's like, oh i can do better than that now again i don't mean to nitpick this this movie but somehow i guess he's able to just come out of the the miniature this one time to to randomly attack everybody so um dick cavett and his weird uh bizarrely underage looking girlfriend go home and uh beetlejuice like okay so otho um the deets and the Deetses go up to the attic and they actually get inside the attic this time, and they're looking around. They see the model. They're like, "Whoa, check this out!" And then they go to leave, and as they're going down the stairs, the the banister on the handrail, the handrail on the banister turns into a giant snake with Michael Keaton's face, and he like basically puts a good ass whipping on everybody there. But then Barbara and Adam come out, and they're like, "Beetlejuice, just, Beetlejuice, just, Beetlejuice!" Which apparently sends him back to the miniature. So how the fuck did he get out of the miniature to attack everybody as a giant snake? and um why do you uh, uh, i guess we didn't have to say his name three times that time right i don't know i'm sorry i don't i don't mean to shit on this movie it's just these watching this movie now with adult eyes and having to think about it for the purposes of a podcast these are questions that come up and if somebody has answers to them if there's like a beetlejuice fan club i know there is somewhere that can answer these questions for me i would love to hear it anyway Uh, he like, uh, smacks Charles down the stairs, uh, or actually throws him over the banister, smacks Otho down the stairs and, uh, Lydia's fine. Um, Delia like runs off, but now they're, they're actually kind of scared and off put by this, but, uh, Otho says that because of all this sudden paranormal stuff, they can actually get a guy by the name of Maxie Dean, who is apparently Charles's boss in New York to come down to explore the properties of White uh, Winter River, Connecticut, and possibly look at you know doing some development there, like putting in a strip mall or some condos or something like that. Which, by the way, nobody wants because it's a very quiet, quaint town, and that's the whole appeal of it. Uh, Maxie Dean, by the way, played by none other than Robert Goulet. Goulet. Um I know you probably don't know who that is either, other than him being the subject of a very funny Will Ferrell Saturday Night Live sketch, <laughs> uh, he was a, I believe, like a lounge singer, or a, uh, yeah, like a lounge singer, I guess, he did all the Vegas shows, had a very baritone voice, very, uh, a crooner is what he was, anyway, he plays uh, Maxie Dean, and Otho's like, okay, Charles, you can get Maxie Dean down here now. His wife Sarah is in love with the paranormal, so he's like, yes. Um, he goes and draws up like all these plans for we're gonna put a paranormal museum over here, and this house is haunted, so it's gonna be the the like the focal point of the town, and there's gonna be we're gonna buy all these houses and turn them into parking lots, basically, really just rip the shit out of the whole town instead of just the, their own house. So, uh they they set up this big uh this big meeting with Maxie Dean. He's going to come down and check the place out. It's uh you know, getting getting ready to happen. In the meantime, uh the Maitlands are in some seriously deep shit because now they've got to they've been photographed. Uh remember Lydia took pictures of them with the sheets on. Apparently that's a big no-no when you're a ghost. You cannot allow yourself to be photographed uh you they this dumb shit harry belafonte routine that got him in hot water um and it's uh it's bad business so they have another a follow-up appointment with juno juno basically gives him an ass chewing and she's like look get them the fuck out of there get those photos and make sure they get destroyed and make sure nobody else lives in your house again after that because you guys are terrible fucking ghosts and she's ah shit all right well yep we'll try so she's like, "All right, let me see what you got." So they have to put on their their scare routine right there for Juno, um, so that she can approve it, and then they can go and try to scare the Deetses again. So what they do is they basically turn their 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 heads into like weird bird beaks, and uh, Barbara like takes her eyes out and puts them down her throat, and Adam like takes his eyes out and puts them on his fingertips. Which I guess would be a bit off-putting if you were to stumble upon that in your house. But it's not that scary, right? It's more, I don't know, I thought it looked kind of silly. But again, I'm thinking too much into this. So uh, they put that on for Juno. She's like, all right, not bad, not bad. Now go get them the fuck out of your house. So as they're leaving, though, they're like, oh, I don't know. I really like Lydia Dietz, yeah, well, maybe we could live with them after all. So in the short walk between Juno's office and back to their attic, they have a complete 180 change of heart and decide, actually, the Dietzes are okay, we're going to invite them to stay because we want to hang out with Lydia. Now, while that was going on, Lydia had infiltrated the uh, attic and was having a conversation with Beetlejuice. And basically, she was on the point of writing a suicide letter because she was going to throw herself off the bridge uh, into into uh, Winter River. Although, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure that that would even kill her. It would looked more like an inconvenience than anything. But she's ready to do that. Uh, Beetlejuice is there. He's like, hey, you want to get out of here? I want to get out of here. You help me, I'll help you. Blah, 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 blah. You just got to say my name three times. So... Um, He talks her into saying it two times and then just as she's about to say it the third time she's like "Mm, I think I want to talk to Barbara you're kind of weird and pervy and he's like "Um, um, um." and then Barbara comes out and scares the shit out of Lydia because she still has her weird bird beak uh, eyeball throat thing happening. And then she puts her face back together, and she's like Lydia, what are you doing? Don't talk to that guy. And she's like, I was trying to find you. I want to be dead like you. And they're like, No, Lydia, you don't want that. You got to be alive, man. And base uh, they they tell her on the spot, Hey, we're we're done trying to scare you guys. You guys can go ahead and live here. Just. Uh, Yeah, you guys can live here from now on, and we'll hang out with you anytime you want, and uh, we're all going to get along beautifully because we're done trying to scare you. Which, by the way, is the exact opposite of everything Juno told them to do. And you'd think that would get them in even deeper shit, because Juno's whole thing was, hey, don't let the living know you're there, never trust the living. they're, They're doing the exact opposite of that. So I don't know if there's like ghost police that show up and arrest you, if you, if you do some shit like that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that works. And we're never going to find out, inmates. Uh, anyway, they've come to grips with that. Now, while all that was going on, Otho had managed to swipe the handbook for the recently deceased and was reading up on it, and he's prepared an exorcism. Just in case. Just in case. Because Lydia needs to get the ghost, get the Maitlands to come down and, you know, show... Maxie Dean and company that they actually exist and the place is actually haunted and some scary shit's got to go down. But if they choose not to participate, then we have Otho as backup. up. Uh, he's got a copy of the book and he knows how to exercise them. So there you have it. So the big dinner party comes comes in. Dinner party slash business pitch because Charles is trying to sell Maxie Dean on all this subdivision shit and uh, you know making this town into a paranormal attraction and um, yeah it's not going well it is not going well Robert Goulet does not look impressed but I don't know what he would look like if he was impressed Um, eventually they're like okay now uh, Lydia go get the ghosts and uh, bring them on down here and Lydia's like no they don't they don't want to do parlor tricks they said we could stay if you just leave them alone and promise not to make fun of him (laughs) anymore (laughs) i would hate to think that a ghost would still be subject to bullying or being made fun of if you're dead you would think that would go away i don't know (laughs) just (laughs) freaking stupid to me um so they're like she's like no they're they're not coming out and he's like oh they're not huh okay otho you got it he's like yes and Delia runs up and gets their wedding dress and tuxedo that she found in the closet. And then he starts his exorcism slash, I, gu- I, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden, the, the lights go out and the lightning starts flickering. It's very dramatic. He's got like a uh, incantation that he's reading. Uh, they've laid the wedding dress and the tuxedo out on the table. Upstairs in the attic... Uh, Barbara just kind of, like, starts to fade away, like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future style, and then she starts to reemerge into her wedding dress. And then uh, Adam's like, oh, shit, where where are you going? Hey, get back here. Um, Otho keeps reading, and then Adam starts to fade away and then emerge into his tuxedo. Now, Barbara got there first, and as soon as she, like, fully populates the dress, she immediately starts withering away and decaying. And then Adam, same thing happens to Adam. He starts to wither away and decay. Charles is like, hey, dude, I think this is not good. Uh, can you, Otho, stop this? Put a reverse on it. And he's like, I'm sorry, Charles. There's nothing I can do. And then Lydia's like, ah, shit, you're, you're killing him. You're sending him to the the dead, after, after dead, death, death for the dead or whatever. And she's like, god damn it. So she runs over to the table, finds Beetlejuice, casually lounging about in the weird... Um, miniature whorehouse I guess uh that popped up and he's like got a bathrobe on and he's like hey how's it going and she's like hey uh, look they're uh, exercising the Maitlands I need you to stop that and he's like well you want to make a deal with me I'm gonna make a deal with you here's the thing I want to get out of here you want me to get me out of here we got to get married so apparently if um I, I don't know I don't know how this works but apparently if she agrees to marry him after he saves the Maitlands, then he never has to go back to the uh, miniature, or I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we're doing here. But the the agreement is: she says his name three times. He pops up, saves the Maitlands. They get married, and he benefits from that somehow. Uh, it's not clearly explained, but that's the plan. She agrees to it. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Out he pops from the center of the table, uh, puts Maxie Dean and his wife on one of those strong man things and hits them both with a hammer and they go flying through the roof. <clears throat> snaps his fingers and releases the Maitlands from the exorcism. And then they fall to the ground. They're like a pile of bones, really. Uh, and then he's like, okay, we gotta get married now. So he snaps his finger and then out pops a, like a little dead midget priest. And he's like, dearly beloved. And then... Uh, basically he starts like with the the nuptials and all that while that's going on uh the maitlands are trying to send him back to the table as they're slowly coming back from being all decayed and shit uh first adam gets up and he's like and then beetle just snaps his fingers out of his mouth or his uh, teeth out of his mouth, and they're like those chattering teeth, you know what I'm saying, like the Joker style, and uh, he kicks and then he zaps him into the uh, miniature, of which uh, Adam commandeers a truck, and then drives it off the edge of the table, and rams it into Beetlejuice's uh, white patent leather shoes, which are disgusting, if you ask me, Uh, Barbara gets up, she says Beetlejuice wants, uh, he puts a zipper over her mouth, she unzips it, says Beetlejuice again, He puts a steel plate over her mouth uh, and then sends her to Saturn where she ends up with the uh, sandworms. Somehow she manages to commandeer a sandworm all the way from Saturn, ride the fucking thing back here to Earth via whatever dimensional rift or whatever, uh, crash it through the ceiling just as uh, the priest is about to pronounce them man and wife. And as she does so, she says Beetlejuice the third time and poof, Away goes Beetlejuice after being swallowed possibly by the sandworm, and then uh they kinda of managed to kill the whole thing, which is kinda of shitty because Lydia did make the deal with Beetlejuice, and now some somehow, you know I but Lydia was supposed to be sixteen. I don't know what age of consent in consent is in uh Connecticut, and uh I don't know. That's kinda of, that's kinda of weird. I don't It's uh, <laughs> kinda of creepy now that I think about it. Uh, after that, we get a little prologue of Lydia coming home from school, or I guess epilogue, is it epilogue? Epilogue, I think, of Lydia coming home from school. She's very smiley and happy now. She's not all gothed out. She got an A on her math test, which means she gets to make a music video of her own along with the dead, uh, football team, which makes me wonder what happened after the music video with the dead football team. That's nasty, man. I don't know. I got a kill count of two on this one. It's not a horror movie, guys. You've seen it i know you have it's a it's a it's fine it's something you can show your kids i got a couple chuckles out of it michael keaton at his most michael keaton est i guess if that's a word definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it uh i found it streaming on amazon prime go ahead and watch it again it's a good october movie you know not too scary not scary at all really who are we kidding there's nothing scary in that movie um And I get a couple chuckles and it's still got like that Tim Burton Halloween October vibe for you. There you have it. Uh, I'm going to take myself a little break. I'll come back with some other stuff here in a minute. Hey inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Patter Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T villain link at Patterroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Anna Beck. <clears throat> um, I like to think that if I was a ghost and I was gonna haunt a house, I would have i would i would actually prefer that some living people moved into my house like if i died and i was going to haunt this house and my family moved away i would prefer that somebody living moved in here just so that i had something to look at i the idea of hanging out in a big empty house for the eternity of my afterlife sounds really depressing and to be honest with you if somebody did move in i'd probably be more happy to see them and yeah hey what do you guys want to do you want to knock this wall down go ahead go ahead but please change my environment i've been staring at the same four walls for 16 years do something i don't care put in a tv get some cable uh either of you guys got a war world of warcraft account i'll level up your fucking guys in no time i got nothing better to do that's the kind of ghost i would be uh you come home from work every day there'd be the horror channel would be on i'm not looking to scare you I'm sorry if I did. Really, I just want somebody to hang out with because I'd probably go insane uh, stuck in a big empty house for all of eternity. All right, anyway, enough about that. Uh, Are you guys ready to get into this week's TerraDome business? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> I'll, kill <you> <laughs> I'll, you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. i kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes The devil's eyes the terradome. first off last week's winner last week we had the candy man versus kaiko helen stood paralyzed with fear what she was seeing simply could not be at the end of the hallway stood the woman from the pictures in the house in japan gaunt and pale looking terrified at the other end the hook-handed ghost known as the candy man with frightening and ferocious speed, the darkness of the woman's hair shot past Helen to the apparition opposite her. By the time the darkness receded, the hallway was empty, as if no one had ever been there at all. With a vote of seven to two, Kaiko advances over the Candyman. I think the Candyman is going to have problems whenever he faces a woman, and the reason for that is that he's an old romantic man. You can't you can't be getting all sweet on the ladies if you're you're going to survive the Dome. And as much as we love uh, Candyman and the Daniel Robotai mythos, he's a very sympathetic character. Not unlike a, uh, a Leatherface, you know, who's just a simpleton. Those guys never, you, you gotta be that cold-hearted killer, you know what I mean? Speaking of cold-hearted killers, let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Asylum Conference, round 10. As usual, inmates, bear with me, I'm not very good at writing things. The conquest had begun on the west coast, but quickly spread east. The tall man's forces were growing with each small town he'd taken. Soon he'd have legion enough to march on a population center, but not yet. More cemeteries, more soldiers to fill his ranks. West Virginia was full of them. This was old country, full of mining towns that were long dead and gone, leaving their cemeteries full and their houses empty. Silent Hill was the next stop on the tall man's journey. He could feel it calling to him as if there were some missing piece to his puzzle that could only be found there. As the hearse crossed the town limit, the truth came flooding in. There was a girl here, a girl of such pain and hatred. Her fury gave her power, power that he would need in his conquest. But she wasn't alone. To seize that power, the tall man would have to wrest her from her executioner and the rest of Silent Hill. In this week's matchup, we have the tall man from phantasm versus pyramid head from silent hill i gotta go with pyramid head on this one guys and i know there's a lot of like weird backdoor workarounds for the tall man like that time he got blown up by reggie and another tall man just popped out like there's like a whole legion of tall men which i guess technically there is i just don't see pyramid head giving a fuck (laughs) You know what I mean? I could see him swatting that giant sword and just smashing the sentinels right out of the sky. I got to go with Pyramid Head on this one. I like them both. Um, I just, I I don't think, I don't know if the balls, the sentinels, are going to do much to a giant armor plated demon with a gigantic fucking sword that seems to thrive on pain. He powers that merry go round thing with. All the hooks and chains in them. I got to go with Pyramid Head on this one, inmates. That's your Teradome matchup for the week. It's Pyramid Head versus the Tall Man. Uh, Get me your votes by next week if you can. The Mental Health Hotline, of course, is area code 775 3870 Or email me at the room 2011 at hotmail.com. Also, feel free to weigh in on the immersion therapy. Tell me what you thought of Beetlejuice uh tell me if you have any haunted vodka and if you've had any experiences with it i haven't actually drank the vodka yet right now it's still just sitting in the box but uh this saturday i'm going to the big party and i'm going to try to get everybody else to drink the vodka see if they don't kill each other with axes <laughs> that's all right it'll be fine what's the worst that could possibly happen <laughs> all right let's do a little immersion therapy or uh excuse me what are you looking at i think is what's next I have got a, sh- a big list. Going here, inmates. I don't know about you guys, but I'm trying to do the 31 for 31. I'm just about caught up. I had to take that whole first week off with, uh, you know, going to Disneyland and everything. But I'm trying to get caught up. Here comes, uh, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Uh, how about Halloween Kills from 2021? Well, here's a fun fact for you. My kids made it all the way through Halloween Kills. Uh, and uh, the the first one, Halloween from 2018. No problemo. Try to get them to watch 15 minutes of Neon Maniacs. No can do. Figure that shit out. Uh, Halloween Kills 2021. I liked it. I know it's very polarizing right now. Excuse me. Um, I dug it, man. I dug it quite a bit. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of this shuffling sequels and trying to sandwich them in between pre-existing sequels. But this one actually turned out pretty good. And if you can watch this one, just watch uh, 1978 Halloween, 2018 Halloween, and then this one. And I think they're pr- presently in the works of making Halloween Ends, which will be a follow-up to that one. That franchise, if you can keep it at those four movie, three movies so far. Pretty solid franchise. You get into the Daniel Harris movies and all that, things get weird. Um, I liked it. I also, like, like I mentioned, I also watched Halloween from 2018, just to give myself a refresher on what I was looking at. Ghost Story from 1981. This is always part of my uh, October viewing list. Uh, it's it's a great gothic ghost tale from 1981. I don't, I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but it's got everything you need uh, for a scary, well... Watching it now, it's not so scary, but it, it's got the old house, it's got the sleepy little town, uh, it's got the, uh, the, the old man with the secret, and his son, who's fucking some shit up. Uh, it's a pretty good show, if you don't mind 1981 pacing. Uh, Halloween from 1978, I watched that because I wanted to get caught up on that uh, franchise. Uh, I watched the Elvira... Uh, 40th anniversary anniversary Halloween extravaganza on Shudder that included uh, Elvira Mistress of the Dark from 1988 House on Haunted Hill from 1959 City of the Dead from 1960 and Messiah of Evil from 1973 now in watching that I was expecting Elvira to to I guess take like in the old days Elvira did uh, what was it movie macabre she like she would take like an hour-long movie and stretch it out for like two hours because she had all of her little ins and outs with the commercial breaks and she would pop up in the movie sometimes. Not as much of that anymore. Now she just kind of introduces the movie, does a quick little funny little skit for you, and then right into the movie. And she doesn't show up again until the next movie. And that was kind of... That's fine. It's f- I get it. You know, She's busy now. She just wrote a book. And, uh, I don't know, it's still good, and all four of those movies are pretty good. If I had to pick a favorite out of those, I would probably go with Messiah of Evil. That is a genuinely um, disturbing movie. It's public domain, you can find it on YouTube if you want to see it. Uh, There is some really creepy stuff going on in there, very Lovecraftian also. Um, So you can watch all four of those movies on Shudder. I also watched the WNUF Halloween special. This is another one that's a regular on my October playlist. I love this movie, man. It's a throwback. It's basically like somebody VHS taped a hollow, a local TV station's Halloween special in which some shit goes horribly wrong. But in VHS taping it, they also get the commercials... They got a good chunk of the newscast that came right before the Halloween special. <laughs> it's just ripe with 1980s uh, nostalgia. Uh, that one is also streaming on Shudder. It was made in 2013. Uh, There's Somebody Inside Your House from 2021. I found this one on Netflix. Um, fun little slasher. little too woke for me. It wouldn't, When you're getting into the woke movies, it's kind of a dead giveaway that the rich white kid is going to be the villain. And they did, not, uh, they did not disappoint in that realm. They, of course, the rich, rich white kid happened to be the villain. Uh, his dad had a bunch of Nazi memorabilia. You basically telegraph the ending when you do that. And uh, they did the exact same fucking thing with that nonsensical, um, what was it, Black Christmas remake from two years ago. Which is arguably the worst movie I've seen. Probably, um, well, it's, it's just really bad. It's it's, I, I read a report. Well, a friend of mine, Jen Wexler, the director of uh, the Ranger, she tweeted that during a viewing oh, somewhere on the East Coast, somebody actually got up and punched the movie screen. <laughs> That's how bad it is. You're inciting violence against movie screens. That's how bad your movie is. All right, this one um, marginally better, still a little too woke for me. You can't you can't. I when you when you're going that route you're basically telegraphing the ending and that's whatever, whatever you want to do, man. Uh, Also watch the Deep Ones from 2020. I found this one streaming on Amazon Prime. Another heavy Lovecraftian thing. Um, This one is actually pretty good if you're in the mood for like a Lovecraft adaptation, because that's pretty much what this is, just updated for moderns, you know, audiences. It's pretty good if you're in the mood, if you're a Lovecraft fan. I know Lovecraft can be a hard pill to swallow sometimes. If you're not into it, you're not going to like this one. I am. I thought it was pretty good. If you're with me, by all means, check it out. That's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. Let's do a little immersion therapy, shall we? The Neon Dead. Did anybody watch this? Obviously not, because if you did, you'd be pretty upset with me right about now. (laughs) Immersion Therapy The Neon Dead from 2017 This one was on Amazon Prime This is not a good movie, my friends I'm sorry, it's not um, a Very adolescent attempt at a horror comedy But that's kind of the humor that we're growing accustomed to um, A lot of cock and balls jokes Heavy on the CGI. Now, this is a low-budget film. That's fine. I get it. Uh, what that kind of means you have to write off is bad acting. Um, and some, some pretty uh, substandard special effects, which is also, you know... If you're willing to give this movie a shot and you can put those things aside and just kind of, I don't know, maybe fold your laundry or something while it's on, it might be tolerable. I just couldn't get into it, man. The jokes were like, uh, felt like they were written by a 12-year-old. Uh, the CGI was a little overboard. I mean, they're not kidding when they said neon dead. Their, their reasoning behind that is that these aren't zombies. They're children of uh, some deity or something like that, which makes them glow in pinks and purples and uh, yellows and neons. It doesn't, uh, whatever, man. whatever it would be one thing if you did it all practically but the level of cgi really cheap cgi at that uh in this movie makes it hard to watch and some of those color schemes are really hard on the eyes man you're making a dark movie i get that but then you you fire it up in post-production with all these neon hues if i was on acid i would probably would have thrown myself out of my living room window it's, it's pretty rough. I'm glad none of you guys will. I'm going to tell you right now to skip it, unless you're. I've piqued your curiosity. If I have, Amazon Prime, by all means, check that shit out. In the meantime, inmates, uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be House of the Witch, presently streaming on Netflix. It's from 2017. It was directed by Alex Merkin, uh, stars Emily Bader, Darren Mann, and Michelle Randolph uh kids exploring an abandoned house what else do you need to know (laughs) it's either gonna piss you off or it's gonna be pretty cool uh check it out either way inmates we will do the same and compare notes next week but now we have to educate me Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. Oh, geez, I am a recovering addict, and my husband is a truck driver who leaves me alone uh, for long periods of time. Unfortunately, due to financial restraints, we've had to take up the house of my old father who was an abusive prick who died recently. Uh, Some weird shit is going on in this house, dudes. Maybe it's just my uh, drug-addled brain. Maybe it's the paranormal. Maybe there's something in the woods outside. I sure hope I don't get ghost-raped in the hallway at the mall that I work at, though, because if I do, I'll have to have a really awkward conversation with my boss as that particular hallway is monitored by security cameras. I am, of course, as Alan mentioned, Lovely Molly, which is another great movie to watch in October. Heavy on the paranormal and suspense, Lo- Eduardo Sanchez, dude, right? He's he's like the master of that. Blair Witch, uh, Seventh Moon, Lovely Molly, great stuff. Love that guy. Um, he, he made a big, uh, there's a, a Bigfoot movie that he did. I think it's called Exists. Ah, I'm just not a Bigfoot guy. It was still pretty good. It was found footage and Bigfoot kicked the shit out of these kids for running over uh, his or her uh, infant And he really was not fucking around with these kids. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, wouldn't you know, I got arrested and put in the local jail. Now it's a small town that I'm in and that's fine. And there's a lot of the usual scumbags. There's the local kid who is always in and out of trouble here in the jail with me. There's also the local teacher who likes to beat up his wife every Saturday night. He's a piece of shit, but he's here anyway. And she's going to bail him out in the morning. Like she always does. And then there's this new guy that just came in and he is full of fucking surprises. Uh, He talked one dude into beating his own head against the bars until he killed himself. Uh, He's doing all kinds of weird shit with the police captain that's supposed to be keeping an eye on us. Luckily, there's a couple of hottie officers out and about in the town trying to put together who this mysterious stranger is in their little jail. Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week and I will clue you in, my friends. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Thank you guys very much for joining me yet again. Join me next week for something really special, guys. I'm going to be bringing you what I think is probably the most disturbing ghost movie, the best ghost movie, the most disturbing ghost movie that I know of. It's, of course, Cairo which is Japanese for Pulse from 1995. This one freaks the shit out of me every time I watch it. I'm going to tell you all about it next week. Um, In the meantime, we do have a Patreon campaign running. Uh, December is up for grabs. $5 donation gets you a travel mug, a t-shirt, and control of the month of November. PaddedRoomPodcast.com is where you find the link to that. And that's about it, I think. I think... Four, Buddy, Monica, in absentia, me still here, you out there, anybody listening to this, thank you guys again. Ghosts, October, Halloween parties, haunted vodka. Yeah, I'll keep you posted on the haunted vodka situation and how drunk and or haunted I can get. Drinking said haunted vodka from the Basilica Axeberger house. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over.